What's up, guys? Welcome to Demo with Mo. I'm your host, Monique Simmons. We'll be discussing dating, engaged, and married objectives from a young Christian's perspective. Are you guys ready? Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a new episode of Demo with Mo. I am your host, Monique Simmons. Have you ever felt like you're not a priority in your partner or your spouse's life? Do you feel like sometimes you receive their leftovers? Do you feel like your partner nags you about not spending enough time with them? Well, today's episode is for you. We will be talking about making your partner feel like their priority. Remember, if you're not already, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Demo with Mo. Check out our website at www.demowithmo.com. You can catch up on all the latest episodes. You can leave a review. And also, you can buy Demo with Mo merchandise. Remember, wherever you listen to your podcast, please leave a rating or review. That not only encourages me and to know what you're enjoying and what content you like, but it also helps others find the podcast. All right, guys, I won't hold you any longer. Let's jump into today's episode. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about making your partner feel like their priority. So let's discuss what priority means. Priority, the fact or condition of being regarded or treated as more important, or a thing that is regarded as more important than another. We have to make sure our partner or our spouse is good physically, mentally, emotionally, their well being as a whole. We have to make time to connect with them. It's one thing to tell them that they are our priority. It's a whole different ballgame to make sure our actions reflect that. And I think that's one of the biggest things in relationships or marriages when it comes to being a priority. One partner or one spouse, or it can be both partners or both spouses, they'll tell you that you are a priority, but their actions reflect something totally different. I'm not saying not to do the things you love, keeping up with hobbies, spending time with friends. All of those things are important, but they have to be in their rightful place. No one in a relationship wants to feel left out, unimportant, feel like they're getting your leftovers, or they're not a priority in the relationship. Don't get me wrong. The things you are doing could be great things. They could be amazing things. But great things not put in their rightful place can and will kill a relationship. Well, Monique, what kind of things could be great that could hurt or be the detriment of a relationship or a marriage? Examples of things that can take priority over your relationship or marriage. One, work. You know, when you want to work that overtime, when they're asking you to work weekends, when they're asking you to take these trips. 
however that looks for you in your career, in your life. And even some of you guys, you could be at home, but you're still working on work at home. You're taking phone calls, you're sending emails, you're texting, you're in the group messages, you're in the team chat, you're taking notes, you're researching, you've left work. You've left the building, the brick and mortar, maybe the nine to five, but when you get home, you're still checked in. You physically left work, but you're still checked in at work. Work is a great thing. That's how you provide for your family. That's how you take care of your family. This is how you pay bills. Work and having a job and a career is a great thing, but it also, if it's not in its rightful place, it can hurt your relationship or marriage and it can make your partner feel like they're not priority. Two, kids. Yes, we all love our kids. Yes, they are very important. Yes, we want to make sure that they feel loved and they have everything they need, but our children do not come before our partner or our spouse. And with this area, this is mainly for those who who are engaged to be married and those who are married. We know that after God, our relationship with our spouse comes first. Even before our children, and I know I may step on some toes with this. I know that I may upset some people because I see it on social media all the time, but your kids are going to grow up. One day, they're going to have their own relationships or marriages. One day, they're going to have to leave the nest. And they're going to go out and hopefully do well. Remember all the things that you taught them and you showed them in the way that you lived. And it impacts their life in such a way where they go out into this world and they thrive. Because as parents, that's what we desire for our children. But you don't want to create an unhealthy dynamic where you teach your children that they come first before your spouse. Because now when they get into their relationships, they're going to think that's the way it's supposed to be. And statistics show Even if you don't agree, statistics show that kids that come from a home where their parents prioritize one another, and that dynamic could look different for everyone. Maybe you're raising stepchildren. Maybe you've adopted. That dynamic could look different in different households. But statistics show that kids thrive from seeing their parents prioritize one another. And it teaches them to now go out and do the same. It teaches them how to do relationships and how to do relationships well. Because when your kids go off and leave the nest out into the world, you know who's going to be left? You and your partner, you and your spouse. Your children will be gone. How do you think that will look if all these years you prioritize your children first and then when they go off to college or when they go off into the work field and they leave home, what do you think is going to happen to your relationship or your marriage? You think you're going to be able to thrive? You think you can just put off putting your partner first for 18 to 25 years until your child is gone and now all of a sudden that dynamic is just going to change? No. That's why you see so many couples. You always wonder, you guys been married 25, 30, 35 years and you're getting a divorce. That's the dynamic. For so long, they've put their kids first. For so long, they've put work first and the busyness of life and and their marriage and their relationship has gotten away from them. And some people even say, you know, once the kid's gone, we're going to be ready. You know, we're going to be rocking and rolling again. But that switch doesn't just change like that. If you've put your marriage or your relationship on the back burner for all these years, it's not going to work. And for some people, they're only staying together for the kids. So when the kids that what you would consider the glue, I wouldn't count on that glue. But what you consider to be the glue, 
Once those kids leave, what's going to happen? The relationship falls apart. It's going to begin to be non-existent. Now we don't know how to exist with one another. We don't know how to get along. We don't know how to connect. We really don't know one another because who we were 20 years ago before we had children is not the same person we are today. So now I'm living in a house with someone I don't know. So don't prioritize your kids over your relationship. Three, friends. I told you guys, these can be great things, but great things not in a rightful place will kill a relationship. I encourage everyone to have friends. If you listen to my podcast any amount of time, I encourage the people to have friends and have relationships outside of their marriage and their intimate relationship because we are still individuals. Even when you're in a marriage, you are still individuals. You still want to be the best version of yourself because when you're the best version of yourself, you're going to bring that version of you to the relationship or marriage and the marriage will thrive off of that. But you cannot prioritize your friends over your relationship or your spouse. Four, hobbies. This the one. We all, well, I don't want to say we all, But a lot of us have hobbies. We have things that we love to do. You know, that could be sports, that can be cooking, that could be shopping, that could be podcasting, that could be exercising, working out and getting in shape. There's so many hobbies that we can take on. And the issue is with this is hobbies are great things to have. Hobbies are great things that you should be doing. We all should have that thing that we love to do. I believe man, woman, young or old, we all should have that one thing. And it could be more than one thing, but we should have at least one thing that we love to do. But even having that thing that we love to do, it cannot come before our relationship or marriage. Because now, One partner or spouse is going to begin to resent that thing. And the issue is that the partner that has the hobby, and like I said, this can go both ways, man or woman. It could be both of you guys. But now the other partner that doesn't feel like their priority, that they feel like they're not important, that they feel like this hobby is more important to them, they're going to begin to resent that thing. And it can be a great thing. It can be something they actually can enjoy together. But the more that partner feels that that hobby or extracurricular activity is coming before them, the more they will begin to resent it, the more they will begin to not like it, the more they will begin to not even want you to talk about it or bring it up. Because it's like, it feels as if, or this is something that your partner is competing with. So every time you even bring it up, because of that resentment there, because of them feeling like that's taking priority over them, Every time you bring it up, it's like we're competing all over again. So your hobby can be a great thing. Your friends are great things. Your kids are beautiful. Your work can be an awesome thing. But all of those great things, not in their rightful place, will kill a relationship. Five, ministry. I know some of y'all, some of y'all church folk, not gonna like this one. I'm a Christian. I'm in church very active in church, do a lot of things in ministry, your marriage and relationship has to come even before ministry. Because a lot of people tie in their relationship with God and ministry as the same, and it's not. 
the order that God wants it to be in is him first. Your personal relationship with him first and then your spouse and then your children and then all of the other things after that. And that means ministry and family and all of those other things after that. But a lot of people tie in your relationship with him and doing ministry is the same and it's not. And ministry, your ministry can look a lot of different ways. You can be the leader of ministries in your church. You can be a deacon. You can be a pastor. You can be a minister. You could be a Sunday school teacher. It's a lot of different things we can do in ministry. And ministry is very important. That's the way that we learn and we gain wisdom and we be discipled. And then we create other disciples. And ministry is very important. But ministry doesn't even come before your marriage or relationship. Great things, but great things have to be in their rightful place. Six, family. I think a lot of people struggle with this one because, and this goes back to what I told you guys earlier about teaching your kids and showing your kids that your marriage or your relationship comes first. A lot of people didn't grow up with a healthy dynamic. They didn't see this. They didn't know, you know, they they maybe didn't see their parents making time for date nights or going on trips or spending time connecting with one another or creating boundaries in the home where the children just can interrupt them anytime. A lot of people didn't see this. So if you didn't grow up seeing this and you weren't taught this, it can create an unhealthy dynamic for when you get in a marriage and you don't know the way it's supposed to be. So not even family. Family does not come before your relationship or your marriage. That is to be your priority. Okay, so I've given you things that can take priority over your relationship or marriage. Now we're going to talk about practical ways to change that dynamic. You guys already know I'm big on practical application. I'm not going to tell you what you should be doing, what you need to be doing, and not tell you how we can practically make this happen. And I say we because I don't have it all together. I never will have it all together. The same way I am talking to you guys and giving you the tools and resources is the same way that I hold myself accountable in my own marriage in creating healthy boundaries and making sure that I put my husband as priority and making him feel that he's priority because I told you guys it's one thing to say that but it's a whole nother thing to make sure that your actions reflect it because the issue with that is we can say it all day but if our actions don't reflect that our partner will not feel that and that hurts the relationship it hurts the marriage and that's not what you want so I want to give you practical ways on how to change this dynamic because if this is you you haven't been putting your partner first. You Maybe you've said it with your mouth, but your actions don't reflect it. Maybe you've put work first. Maybe you're working all the time and you're getting all this overtime and you're traveling all the time and you haven't made that time to connect with your spouse or your partner or your kids are always first. You're always running them around to do all of their extracurricular activities and spending time with them and making sure that they're good but you haven't made time to schedule in a date night because you're always doing something with the kids or you're putting your friends first and you're hanging out with them all the time. And every time you look around, you're on the phone talking with them or meeting with them, but you haven't made time to even have a conversation to connect with your partner or you, you're doing ministry. You're doing all these great things in the church and you know, you're telling people about God and telling them about Christ, but you're not reflecting those things in your own home 
where your home is your first ministry. You can't skip home and go to the church and do ministry and do ministry well when you skipped your first ministry, which is your marriage and your children and your home. So if that's you, it's not too late. Good news. I'm going to give you some ways to now change this dynamic and begin to do things differently. And I want to encourage you that this is not an overnight thing. You're not going to hear this podcast and the light bulb is going to come on and now everything is going to change for you and your relationship. No, it's going to be baby steps. It's going to be times where you make mistakes and you drop the ball and you fall short and your partner doesn't feel it's priority, but you recognize it. You recognize it, you apologize for it, but not only do you apologize, you now change your actions. Now I'm going to do something different. You know what, baby? You're right. I said we was going to do a date night, Sunday night, and I scheduled to meet up with the guys to watch the football game. I'm totally wrong for that. I forgot. I'm new to this, and I'm really trying to remember to make you feel and show you because you are my priority, but I want to, I want it to be known and I want you to feel it and know it without a doubt. So I'm going to call the fellas right now and counsel on them and we're going to do our date night. You know what I'm saying? So you make a mistake, but now you recognize the mistake and then you do something different. So it's not going to be an overnight thing, but this is something that you're going to have to work on. Baby step after baby step. And the more you do it, you know what's going to happen? The better you get at it. Okay, one check-in, having check-ins with your partner or spouse. A lot of times in relationships, we like to assume how our partner feels. We could be on cloud nine thinking we the best partner, best spouse in the world. I am doing everything that I know to do. My partner should be good. You could be completely wrong. Your partner can be over there drained, miserable, feeling alone, feeling left out. You have to check in with your partner. And it's both spouses, both partners, man or woman. We have to check in with our partner or our spouse and make sure they're good. You know, baby, have I met your emotional needs? Do you feel connected? Do you feel close to me? Is there anything you need from me? Is there any way I can show up for you that maybe I have not shown up for you? Check in. And checking in simply means just asking. Two, don't get defensive. If your partner or your spouse comes to you and they're telling you that, they, that they're feeling left out or that they're feeling neglected or they're feeling like they're not connected with you, please don't get defensive. Don't get upset. Don't fly off the handles and, and say you're always complaining or you're always nagging. Hear them out. Listen to what they're really saying. And if you don't understand, repeat back to them. Well, baby, this is what I'm hearing you say. Is that what you said? Did I hear you right? And this helps to reassure your partner that they are priority, that you do care, that you are concerned about their well-being, that you do love them, and that your relationship is important to you. Don't get defensive. Three, don't counterattack. If your partner comes to you and says, you've been on your phone every day when you get off work. I really just want to have that time to connect with you. But I, it, it seems like I can't, that you're not even available because you're always on the phone. I haven't even had any time with you. Don't now say, well, every time I see you, you on the phone. You do the same thing. What, what you complaining for? Don't get me wrong. Your complaint could be a valid complaint. What you are saying could totally be true. But the time to address your complaint is not the time when your partner is trying to 
address what's going on with them, how they're feeling. You can't use your complaint to counteract what they're saying to you or to dismiss their complaint because you have the same complaint. Yes, your complaint may be valid. Yes, your complaint may be true. But talk about it another time. Schedule it in to say, well, okay, baby, I hear you, but there are some things I kind of want to discuss with you that I've noticed as well. But don't, don't, don't counterattack them. Don't say, well, you're doing the same thing, so you shouldn't be complaining about what I'm doing. No, both, both partner or spouse's complaints have to be heard. Four, schedule time to connect with your partner. This can be on dates. Y'all know how I am about these dates. Yeah, put it on the calendar. Things are more apt to happen when we schedule it in, just like you do your doctor's appointments, your hair appointments, your nail appointments, your gym appointments. All these things you put on the calendar, put your dates on the calendar as well. And not only dates, but trips. You guys need this time away from children if you have them, from work, from extracurricular, from ministry, from all of the things. You guys need that time to unplug and connect with one another. Your marriage or your relationship will thrive if you guys get this alone time where you guys can just unplug from the world and check in and plug in with each other. It's just special. It's just, it's really, really, really special. And I know it's easy to put off and I know it's easy to say we don't have the money or how can we afford it or we don't have a babysitter or when we're going to find the time to do it. You guys, we do the things that we want to do. We make time for those things that are important to us. You have to make sure that your marriage and your relationship is priority, that it's important, and that you make the time to do it. Five, create a safe space where your partner can express how they feel without being criticized or judged. It goes back to the point earlier about being defensive and counterattacking. If you set that dynamic or that tone in your relationship, your partner won't be open with you. They they will be feeling all of these ways, but they they'll be afraid to share with you. They'll avoid it. They'll put it off as long as they as they can. And that's not what you want because when people are not able to share how they truly feel, when they don't feel the space is safe, what happens is they keep it in until they can't keep it in anymore and then they blow up. You know, you wonder why some people in relationships blow up or they seem like they lose their mind. It hasn't been a safe space has not been created in a relationship where they feel like they can be open and honest consistently. Because there's always something that we can talk about or things that we can work on in our relationship. But we have to make the space safe where the other partner feels it's okay to talk about what's going on with me. It's okay to voice my complaint or my concern. But if we don't, They'll hold it in and somebody's going to end up blowing up. And that's not what we want in our relationships or our marriages. Last point, six, try to see it from your partner's perspective. This has personally helped me in my own marriage because it's easy to think how you feel about something or how you see something is the way everybody feels about it and everybody sees it. And that's not the case. I've told you guys over and over and over in multiple episodes, we are all individuals. We're all different. God created us all different. We grew up in different family dynamics. Our personalities are different. How we see the world is different. And if I only keep everybody in the box and think they feel the way I feel and they see things the way I see things, I'm missing it. I'm missing the mark. 
So when your partner voices a concern or has a complaint or they're addressing or explaining to you that they don't feel like they're priority, that they feel that they feel lonely, that they feel left out, that they feel like these other things are coming before them, don't dismiss them. Don't don't tell them that they're always complaining or always nagging or you are priority. That doesn't come before you. Don't 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 do any of that. Take a second, take a moment and say, you know what? I've been seeing this from my perspective. I've been seeing this from from how I feel and how I see and view things. But you know what? I want to take the time out to 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 kind of see it from your perspective, to try and understand how you feel. Okay, from from your perspective, I can see how that does come off that way. That's not my intention. That's not my motive. That's not how I meant for it to come off. But I can see how it came off that way to you. Man, that can diffuse an argument. That can reassure a partner. That can make them feel good like you care and that you're concerned and that they matter. And that's what you want. That's what every partner in a relationship wants. We want to feel like we come first. We want to feel like we matter. We want to feel like we are important. Man or woman, every partner wants that same thing. It goes both ways. One partner is not prioritizing one while the other's feeling left out and vice versa. We both have to prioritize one another. We both have to make the other partner feel like they come first after our relationship with God. Not our job, not our children, not ministry, not any of those things. All of those things are great, amazing things, but they have to be in their rightful place. And I promise you, if you put God first and your partner next and in line everything up in its right priority, man, your relationship will thrive. Your relationship will thrive. If you have children, your children will thrive from seeing that healthy dynamic between you guys. And this is what you want. You want to feel like a priority and you want your partner to feel like they are a priority as well. I hope the things that I've said today have helped you. I hope it gives you practical application on if you're not already doing it in your relationship to begin doing it. I encourage you to share this episode with your partner or your spouse. I hope it helps you both. Remember, I love you, but God loves you more. Bye, guys. you guys have enjoyed follow me on facebook at demo with mo if you have any questions you would like answered here live on my podcast email them to me at demo with mo at gmail.com that's d-e-m-o-w-i-t-h-m-o at gmail.com